The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region Iteria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the word of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. The gospel writer uh, quotes Isaiah in this morning's reading, and it's really uh, the mission statement for John the Baptist. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways shall be made smooth. When Isaiah wrote those words, there were actually people who would go out ahead of a monarch as that monarch went from one place to another and would make sure that the path that that chariot was going to go over was very smooth. So they would fill the potholes and they would make sure all the brush was away so it would be easy for that monarch to go on his way from one place to another. And we even do that today. I know uh, many of you perhaps know how difficult it is for the White House to make sure they maintain the bubble around the president. And in order to make that possible, they have these people who go ahead in advance teams and spend an enormous amount of time and work to make sure that everything is perfect in preparation for the one who is coming. That was the mission of John the Baptist. He was to prepare the way to make things straight, to make it right, to get everything ready for the coming of the Messiah. And his message was as clear as his mission. His message was simply repent and turn from your sins. Many of us associate that message with fundamentalist Christianity and don't often hear it preached much from mainline church pulpits. But I think because of our avoidance of that word, uh, repentance, we miss some of the blessing, some of the good news is contained in John's message of repentance. Advent is a season of preparation, a time to get ready. If you can remember the time when you were preparing for something wonderful to happen in your home, perhaps the coming of your first child, you know how joyful that preparation was. It was not done grudgingly. It was done with great expectation, knowing that something wonderful was coming into your lives, preparing for the coming of that one that was going to be very special. 
And that's, in a way, what we're doing as we prepare through Advent. We're preparing for the coming of a very important one, for the coming of the Messiah. But how might John's message of repentance take shape in our own lives? I think it's important always for us to remember that theological terms uh, establish themselves because of what people have experienced over many generations. But sometimes the, the theological term carries so much baggage that we are no longer connected to it in a positive way. And I think that's happened with this word repentance. So perhaps it's best to simply think of it as turning, turning from one direction to another, or perhaps even better, to think of it as changing one's mind, having a new perspective in some way. I experienced this in a life-changing way, and it occurred in a parish that we were a part of for many years in San Antonio, St. David's Episcopal Church. And while we were there, we were a part of a small group of three families, and we were very intentional about how we were going to go about this part of our lives. I look back on that and think, uh, you know, when you're young, you're very intense sometimes, and we were probably overly intent. We would meet on Sundays, we'd gather together as families, uh, usually at the home of uh, one of the members who had a swimming pool. So we had a wonderful time on Sunday afternoons in San Antonio. And then during the week, the men and the women would meet separately for Bible study and prayer. Our purpose was very clear. It was to help us understand how to live the Christian life while we had very demanding professional lives and also had a very demanding family life with young children. Well, I remember in particular one experience that was the the experience that I I find in looking back was really life changing for me. Uh, The men's group had been meeting and on that particular evening, we were talking about what does it mean to truly be a disciple of Jesus? How do we how do we live into that? And I was expressing my concern about my inability to do that. And I was listing all the things that I was having trouble with. And finally, at one point, one of the guys said to me, looking me squarely in the eyes, he said, your problem is you're trying to get it all right before you say yes to Jesus. He said, Jesus has simply called you to follow him, simply to follow as you are right now. You don't have to be perfect. Well, that for me was a great revelation. It was a real epiphany. It was the realization and the lifting of the burden that I could not get it right. I could never be perfect enough. And the realization that I didn't have to be. Now, that may seem like an odd sort of repentance, but for me, it was. It was a real changing of mind. It was also a turning away from always trying to get it right, to make sure that I was doing all the right things, to clean myself up when I needed to come before God and offer those things to God, praying for God's forgiveness. I think a key to this is understanding that repentance is considering what it is that stands between us and God and then turning that over to God and asking for forgiveness. I think it's important for us to remember that we are washable. 
we can be cleaned up. Someone has said that the basic elements of Christian practice are simply a bath and a meal. Now, the bath, the bath is cleaning us up. It's taking care of those things in our lives that need to be fixed, that need to be set aside if they're separating us from God and receiving the forgiveness of God. And the meal, of course, is the nourishment we get at this table. And it's not just nourishment for the body, but it's nourishment for the soul, a meal that prepares us for all eternity. And just as we need to be fed regularly, we need to be washed regularly. And the Benedictine monks probably have this right. They talk about uh, conversion of life. They talk about this idea of examining one's soul on a daily basis and bringing that before God every day. It's not just a one-time thing. It's every day that we examine and ask ourselves, what's standing between me and God? And I would add that it's not a bad idea also to pray about what stands between me and my wife or between me and my child. What are the things that separate us in relationship? And to confess those and to ask for forgiveness. We need to not just prepare our homes this Advent, but we need to prepare our lives as well. And by confessing our sins, we refresh ourselves. We clean ourselves up. We clean our house out and we take out the garbage. And so John still calls to us over the centuries. He says, get ready, prepare the way, make the path straight, clean the house. The king is coming. So my prayer for you is that this Advent, you may be truly blessed as you prepare not only your homes, but also your hearts to receive Emmanuel. Amen.